Good morning. So this is what an Easter Sunday attendance looks like in times of COVID. So we're like probably technically beyond capacity, but you didn't hear me say that. So uh, <laughs> uh, actually, there's a couple spaces all the way up here, Brian. Oh, okay. A singing barrier. Wow. See, so you learn something new COVID every day. Uh, and victory? Yeah. 
we welcome you this morning to Victory, where we're aspiring to be a church for the city by building families and impacting the community. If you pre-ordered a directory, they are now here at the church to pay pay for and pick up during church office hours. That is Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you'd like to order a directory, please phone the church, but uh, understand that there will be a waiting time uh, as we have a substantial number of orders to go to the second to to go to a second print. This morning we have a special guest uh, singer with us this morning. Her name is Orchid Hult. She's uh, going to be sharing with us, I think, during the offering time, so uh, we're looking forward to that. So we welcome you, Orchid. Normally we would welcome you more formally and people would come up, and but you know, it's, or, it's uh, uh, COVID, right? There we go. All right, invite you to please stand as we worship, begin our worship together. We come from scattered lives to meet with God. Let us recognize his patience with us. As God's people, we have gathered. Let us worship him together. God of our days and years, we set this time apart for you. Form us in the likeness of Christ so that our lives may glorify you. We come to God as one from whom no secrets are hidden to ask for his forgiveness and peace. We confess to you our selfishness and lack of love. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, have mercy. We confess to you our fear and failure in sharing our faith. Fill us with your spirit. Christ, have mercy. We confess to you our stubbornness and lack of trust. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, have mercy. May the God of love bring you back to himself again, forgive you all your sins, and assure you of his eternal love in Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated as we actually uh, join worship at the palace or at the cathedral.
Let us pray. Thank you, God of the nations, for calling all kinds of people into your kingdom. Even though none of us deserve your great love, make us confident in praying to you for our own needs and for the needs of others. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We hear the reading of God's holy word. Our first reading comes today from Isaiah 56, starting at verse 1. This is what the Lord says, be just and fair to all. Do what is right and good, for I am coming soon to rescue you and to display my righteousness among you. We go to Isaiah 56, 6. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. For the sovereign Lord who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too besides my people Israel. We read Psalm 67 responsibly. May God be merciful and bless us. May your ways be known throughout the earth. May the nations praise you, O God. Let the whole world sing for joy. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests. And God, our God, will enrich the blessing. Yes, God will bless us. And people of all over Our second reading comes from Romans 11, starting at verse 1. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. I am saying all this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ascendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel reading. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. 
for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. This is the gospel of our risen Lord. We now listen to a recording of Jesus now more than ever. Please be seated. Jesus now more than ever. Jesus now more than ever. We are sailing in stormy weather. All his children should get together. For we need Jesus now. Touched the lame man, and he started walking. He touched the dumb man, and he started talking. He put their lives all back together. But we need Jesus now more than ever. Jesus now. Jesus now, Jesus now, more than ever, more than ever, we are sailing in stormy waves. All his children should get together, for we need Jesus now.
Well, that's a relevant song, isn't it? The need for Jesus more than ever. And how true is that when our world is sick, when there's so many things wrong, and so many prayers that we have of being lifted up to Jesus? Yes, we do need him now more than ever. That's for certain. There's no doubt about that. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Amen. All of our readings today point to the same thing, the graciousness of God toward all people and his desire and willingness to bring all the races, nations, and tongues into a common faith with his chosen people Israel. In the second half of our reading from Isaiah, some amazing promises are spoken. Hear these. In verse 6 it is written, I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest, and who hold fast to my covenant. Here the Lord is showing us that his blessings are not exclusively for this Jewish people, for the nation of Israel. But they are for all who seek his face and follow his statutes. Verse 7, it is written, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now this is a really radical statement. Because the temple was for Jewish people who were ceremonially clean alone. And Moses had placed very, very strict laws about who could come in, who couldn't come in, when you could come in, and when you could not come in. And so, the Gentiles didn't even have a place in the regular temple. There was a court aside from the temple, called the court of the Gentiles, where you would go if you weren't a Jew. And that would limit the people you could interact with and limit the rights and the different things that you could do at the temple. To give you an example of how seriously this separation was taken, the Apostle Paul was falsely accused of bringing Gentiles into the temple in Acts 21, and he was arrested by the Romans because people were trying to beat him to death. That's how seriously they took that. So for the Lord to say that he will bring foreigners, non-Jews, into his most holy place would likely offend some ears when they first heard this prophecy. Finally, in verse 8, it is written, For the sovereign Lord who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too, besides my people Israel. I think it's my beard that's causing that problem. I should have shaved it. Finally, oh sorry, I already read that. I'm going to read that again. Finally, in verse 8, it is written, For the sovereign Lord who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too besides my people Israel. Here the Lord identifies the Gentiles as fellow outcasts with Israel, because of course at this time Israel was in exile and affirms his plan to bring them into the fold along with them. He's going to bring not only his people Israel back to his land, he's going to bring many others too. But how exactly is the Lord God going to accomplish this task? How is he going to do this? And I believe the answer lies in the first verse of today's reading from Isaiah, which says, this is what the Lord says be just and fair to all do what is right and good for I am coming soon to rescue you and display my righteousness among you I argue that this verse is pointing to two very particular events one that has happened already and one that is yet to happen the event that has happened the event that our Christian faith is based on is the incarnation, the ministry, the crucifixion and death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In the incarnation, God came to us in flesh, just as is recorded in John 1. Well, that sounds like a fulfillment of the prophecy, for I am coming soon. Well, he came. During his ministry, the gospel was proclaimed that forgiveness and salvation were freely available to all who believed on the righteous name of Jesus. Well, sounds like he's coming to rescue us there, displaying his righteousness. Through his crucifixion and death, Jesus saved us from death and the devil by dying the death we deserve and giving us who believe his own righteousness. By his resurrection, the promises of God were sealed and the son was vindicated in what he said. You can't call him a liar anymore when what happens says, what he says happens, happens. Through all these acts, the Son of God did rescue us and displayed his righteousness among us. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1, verse 17, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. All the promises of Isaiah are fulfilled in the life of the church. Think about it. We who are Gentiles have been welcomed in and have committed our lives to our Savior Jesus Christ. I'm willing to bet there's probably not a whole lot of Jewish people in here. There might be a bit of ancestry there, but I think for the most part we're Gentiles. And we're Gentiles from many different nations. Germany, Austria, Scandinavia, England... France, Spain, and many, many other places. And yet, here we all are together in this country we called Canada, brought together in the Lord's house, united by one thing, our Lord Jesus Christ. The church is a house of prayer for all nations. We pray together. Our sacrifices of praise are pleasing to the Lord because we worship in spirit and truth, just as Jesus said would be the case. And even now, outcasts are still being brought into the glorious fold of Christ. How many wonderful people have been brought into the church? People that are rejected by society have been brought into the loving embrace of Jesus, into the fold of Christ. But what is the event that is yet to happen? What are we as Christians living 2,000 years after this first event supposed to make of a prophecy that's nearly 3,000 years old? It's hard to even fathom that amount of time. That's a lot of greats that you've got to put before grandmother or, great <laughs> or grandfather, I think. In what way is this possibly still relevant to us, this prophecy? To answer this, we must look to the book of Revelation, to the account of the final and fullest fulfillment of this prophecy. In Revelation 7, the Apostle John recounts the following from his vision. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. As Revelation 21 declares, We who have been saved will spend eternity with God in the new Jerusalem and worship at the true temple, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. As such, we eagerly await the day when Christ returns to rescue us from this world of sin we find ourselves in, and when he reveals his righteousness to all, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what are we to do as we await the final fulfillment of this prophecy? In our 2,000 or so year of waiting for the fulfillment, the final fulfillment of this prophecy. Well, I think the answer is in the first part of the verse. 
We are to be just and fair to all. We are to do what is right and good. May God help us in this task. Amen. We now listen to Rock of Ages. I invite you to uh, stand as we confess our faith together in that rock in whom we trust. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism of forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. 
Amen. We are the body of Christ. In the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Let us then pursue all that makes for peace and pursue and builds up our common life. The peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated. This is, of course, where we normally would have our offering, and I remind you once again that the, uh, there is a box in the uh, foyer for, uh, to receive the offerings um, at the uh, end of the service. We want to thank everyone for your faithfulness in giving, and uh, we've uh, been quite blessed in that regard, so thank you so much. So, today, we have so far been able to sing or listen anyway, to, with the Queen, can't don't get that every Sunday. Jimmy Swaggart, a Mennonite youth choir, a talking beard, <laughs> and but now we get to uh, to enjoy as uh, uh, Orchid Haupt shares a song that actually fits in very well with all the other songs that we've heard today. Uh, particularly uh, in connection with uh, the stormy weather that we find ourselves in um, in our in our society, so we'll in, in, invite Orchid to come and share. Just for a moment, I'd like to mention Orchid has been a dear friend of mine for many years. Earlier in our opening video, there was a view of our Royal Highness, the Queen. And I want to say that Orchid and our Queen are kindred spirits born the same year. And if my mother was still alive, she too would be the same age as my dear friend Orchid. I'm so proud to play for her and so proud to have her sing for us. Thank you. still my soul the Lord is on thy side bear patiently the cross of grief or pain leave to
soothe thy sorrow and thy fears. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past from his own fullness. All death takes away. Be still, my soul. Thought hour is hasting on when we shall be forever with the Lord. Sorrow forgot, love's purest joy restored. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past. All safe and blessed. We shall meet at last. We'll invite you to stand as we come before the throne of grace with our cares and concerns. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, we thank you today that you have made and kept your promises and will keep all other promises yet to be fulfilled. We thank you, Lord, that you have indeed rescued us, rescued us from sin, death, and the devil. And you rescue us from every situation, not always in the ways in which we might expect or desire or want, but in the way that is always the best for us. We thank you. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we come before you with uh, the current situation with, the, with COVID and we, with schools soon opening across the, the province and other provinces. We pray for wisdom for our leaders. We pray for a vaccine to be developed. We pray for healing for those who are sick. Lord, in your mercy. And meanwhile, there are also uh, difficulties in other parts of the world. We continue to pray for those in Beirut. We pray for those affected by flooding in the South Sudan, including some of the family of uh, William Garang. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, again provide rescue for all these people. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father of lights, from whom comes every good and perfect gift, keep us in the light of Christ to shine in your world that all may believe in you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the God of hope fill us all with the joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
whose power at work among us can do infinitely more than all we can ask or conceive. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We close today with Lift High the Cross. So we remind you, uh, once again, we'll leave uh, starting from the back. Uh, we encourage you or invite you to uh, um, uh, visit outside, but not inside. And of course, socially distance when you uh, do that. Go in peace and serve the Lord.